Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Roots Away podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ringenberg. Today, we have an amazing bluegrass artist out of Nashville, Tennessee, Brenna McMillan. Theo and Brenna are a duet, brother and sister, and their music is incredible. I listen to it every single day. Really excited to have Brenna on, and I'm really excited for you guys to get to know her. She's coming out with a new solo album pretty soon, so check that out. And they do have a couple albums out already. Check them out on Spotify. That's where I listen to them the most. And without further ado, here is Brenna McMillan. What's up, Brenna? Hey, hey, how are you doing? Good, good. Uh, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, um, my name's Brenna McMillan, and I uh, am a musician in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I play the banjo, I sing, I write songs, um, and I also have a day job as a chemist. Um, so I do a lot of different things uh day to day I would say (laughs) um and uh yeah I just play music in the evenings and go to work during the day basically that's amazing is that like your day to day just like Mm -hmm. chemist yeah chemist in the morning I, I pretty much go to work come home take a nap and then fork out or something and then I go you know either play a gig or go watch my friends playing a gig um, and then stay up super late. And then that's why I get the nap because then I do it again the next day. <laughs> <laughs> the disco nap as it's called. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's completely necessary for my lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just in Nashville, I don't know, maybe like a month and a half ago and I wanted mm-hmm. to catch you guys, but, you didn't seem to be in town or something. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm also not the best about posting every time I'm playing, uh, but I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, Big Jimmy's Burgers or something like that, you were, like, mm-hmm. playing at, like, yeah. the day after I left. I was like, oh, man, I missed it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I played down there. Um, they're a bar on 2nd Avenue um, that's relatively new. Uh that books bluegrass bands. So I've been playing down there with a um, kind of throw together bluegrass band since March or April every week. And uh, it's been pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, we arrived on, I think like Saturday morning and we went to Broadway on a Saturday, man, (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot. (laughs) That was wild. We had no idea what we were like going to walk into there, but man <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty wild down there and i think that's why i kind of enjoy playing on second avenue because it's it's around the corner from broadway so everybody's kind of reeling from broadway and they wander in and they're sitting down trying to enjoy just having a burger and then a little bluegrass they they tend to like it so it's pretty calm compared to uh <laughs> the mayhem around the corner yeah seriously mayhem is is the word for it yes yeah Yeah, it's it's like bourbon street or something in new orleans wow Mm -hmm. crazy yeah 
I was kind of blind to it. I didn't really know what Broadway was, but we heard that it was like a good music street. So yeah, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, there there are a few great musicians down there. It's just a little difficult to, uh, I guess, to find them and hear them um, because there's so much noise and a lot going on at all of the bars. So it's, you know, I. Roberts tends to book really great musicians still um, for honky tonk and stuff. They also have an amazing fried bologna sandwich. Um, But, you know, Layla's used to book a lot of bluegrass and they don't as much anymore. Um, But, you know, you can, you can definitely go down there and hear some, some bro country hits if you'd like, you know, (laughs) probably at any of the bars (laughs) yeah i'm i'm much more into the bluegrass scene which we found a little bit of it but not as much as i would have liked i should have done more research (laughs) but uh yeah so anyway how did you uh get into banjo playing and i mean obviously you're like amazing at it um oh thank you (laughs) um well my uh family uh my mom's from texas and my dad's from Ohio, and they met down in Texas and then um, came up to Kentucky when he was doing his uh, graduate degree at University of Kentucky. He's also a chemist. So um, he that's when I was born uh, when they moved to Kentucky. So I'm the only Kentuckian, and uh, we had already had a lot of music in the family. My Mother and grandmother and aunt and great aunt are all like opera leaning type of singers. And so uh, we already kind of had a lot of vocal stuff going on, vocal family arrangements and that kind of thing. And then uh, one of my brothers, Theo, uh, started taking violin, Suzuki method, classical style. Um, And then my pappy got wind of that and he sent us a an open back banjo um and he was like well one of y'all needs to play that if you're gonna live in Kentucky now you know and uh so since Theo was already playing that he switched to fiddle and then I started playing banjo and I wasn't thrilled because I was kind of (laughs) lazy I didn't really I was like I I don't need to be playing an instrument seems like a lot of work um but after I got over that attitude and I think it was my second lesson uh the first lesson I was just learning roles which seemed extremely boring to me as a nine-year-old but um my second lesson we started learning Cripple Creek and I was like okay okay I I get it I can play a song on here and that's not boring. So, <laughs> um, I started enjoying it a lot. That's awesome. I can like, I kind of play the mandolin and I can kind of play cripple Creek. Uh, oh, nice. Nice. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like the classic or one of the classics. <laughs> oh yeah. It's very traditional. And I think probably most banjo players start out with cripple Creek. Um, I think I did like Cripple Creek, Old Joe Clark, yep, and yeah. uh, things like that. That first year, I think yeah. I was starting to play Foggy Mountain Breakdown towards the end of that first year, just because I wanted to. 
even though I might not have been ready yet, but, you know, I liked, you know, I want to go fast. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, dude, that takes me back. Um, I took a wilderness medicine course in Flagstaff, Arizona, and there happened to be a fiddle player and my buddy Tyler that I was with is also a banjo player. And during our break, um, they would do Cripple Creek and Old Joe Clark, and I would like kind of try to play it on the mandolin. It was, we kind of made like a bluegrass spectacle at this like, mm, nice. like wilderness medicine, medicine thing. It was kind of fun. It all goes <laughs> together, you know, arts of all kinds, holistic medicine. It totally goes together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, like, and like the outdoor kind of scene with the bluegrass mm-hmm. scene like ties in together so much, like you know, skiing and climbing. And, oh uh, yeah, things of that nature. Totally. Yeah, like, because yeah. at the end of the day, after you're all haggard and worn out from climbing, wouldn't you love to sit around a campfire and pick a little music? I mean, yes, of course. Sounds yeah. kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, the bands that I know, the Americana bands that I know are like so, like you know, they're from like Colorado or, um, you know, Whitefish, Montana, or you know, these wild places where you know right. you're you're getting out there and and that's what a lot of the songs are about you know yeah yeah totally yeah yeah do you ski or anything nope uh i've never skied um and i uh i am very active but I, i've not had the greatest success with climbing um i have a friend here in town amy alvey she's a old-time fiddler and she took me climbing once but I quickly realized I wasn't quite in the right shape for it like it's really intense um you know and so I was like wow okay this is something that I would have to like really work on and I just don't have the time right now in my life but I I run a lot I lift a lot and uh I played sports all through high school and college so I nice. I like to stay active i love hiking and you know just doing stuff i like to dream about shooting hoops with the neighborhood kids sometimes they probably don't want some old musician lady to come out there and play but <laughs> <laughs> i think about it yeah um there's actually a considerable amount of volleyball to be found in, in Nashville, there's a few sandbars and stuff, um, and that's been kind of fun in my spare time, which is not much, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge rock climber, and pretty much the reason I started doing it was because it was hard and I didn't know how to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. so I got like really it's frustrated. Definitely a good at challenge. It yeah, yeah. I, I got real frustrated and I was like, I need to be able to do this. Like, this is dumb. Like, why am I so bad? This at this? cannot defeat me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it's so, okay. definitely something admirable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I dedicated my life to it for like eight years. Uh, wow. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, what's your like favorite venue you like to play, or like mm. a memorable one? Well, let's see. When I first moved to Nashville, which was in 2018, um, JT Gray was the owner of Station Inn at the time, which is a historic listening room in the Gulch um, in Nashville. And it's it's a really 
humbling place to play because so many of the great, you know, early bluegrass musicians have played there on that stage. And so um, he he welcomed my brother and I with open arms. Uh, we we have a band called Theo and Brenna Band. Um, we've put out two records, uh, and we we had our first gig there, um, which was way too good for us to like we didn't deserve that type of a gig um fresh off the the cart so to speak but um he gave us a chance and uh we ended up playing there quite a lot um over the last six years and um, it's really an honor to play there anytime and it's cool the way it's set up um because it's a you know family-friendly space they you know serve beer but not liquor and there's pizza and stuff and it's all geared towards sitting there and and facing the stage and listening to what's going on there instead of like you know background noise or whatever um so it's it's always a fun place to play and then um let's see D's Country Cocktail Lounge up in Madison has begun to be a hot spot it was kind of making its, I think it opened in 2018 or 2019 and uh, through the bluegrass community getting a uh, kind of a residency there. There's a bluegrass band called East Nashgrass and they, they had a residency there on Monday nights. They still do. And they're, they're just growing out of that a little bit, so to speak, but um, they kind of created a hub of like a good hang and and good you know community environment for all the grassers to hang out and and enjoy listening to each other play so i've i've enjoyed getting to play there um at different in different iterations of myself like with my band with my brother or you know guesting with other bands playing there other friends um and then i've done a couple of solo things there as well now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really good environment and, you know, it's just kind of like a dive bar that it's like, you know, a musician's bar, <laughs> I think, um, of it like that. So I would say those spots and I've definitely enjoyed playing at big Jimmy's. Um, it's always like, pretty respectful audience um for being downtown and uh it's a fun crew i've been playing with down there so yeah Yeah. so do you ever get nervous like before you go on stage or is it just like so natural that you're like "Mm, i got this (laughs) i i think i it depends so i used to get nervous just every time um uh but it i guess now i i've kind of taken a lot of pressure off of myself for perfection i guess because i realized pretty quickly when i moved to nashville um most of the people sitting watching are better at the banjo than i am anyway so <laughs> as far as like playing at d's or something and just being in jams and stuff like oh okay like you're not a big shot so so don't put the pressure on yourself to be perfect because like you can't, no one is. And, and there's a lot of musicians here that are way better than you. So 
so give it up, you know, just, just play what you can play and enjoy that instead of like holding yourself to a level that's ridiculous um, or a standard that's ridiculous. And that doesn't mean that I don't try to get better. And I, I think I have gotten a lot, a lot better since I moved to Nashville, but you know, like, I guess I've just kind of mentally allowed myself to just do what I know how to do. And if I flub something or, you know, forget the words, which <laughs> happens a lot with me sometimes, um, you know, it doesn't matter because everyone else has also done that before. And it's still, it's just basically, it's, it's who I am, you know, and that's what I'm presenting instead of like something I'm ins- aspiring to be, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. you get what you, you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, a phrase in the creative world. Don't get, or don't let perfect get in the way of good enough. No. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I started, you know, playing as a sideman um, a couple of years ago after pretty much only primarily playing with my full bluegrass band with my brother. And so going from being in charge and having the stress of like, this is the set list. This is when we got to get there, make sure everyone's happy and feels like they're getting paid enough. And like, you know, all of the things that go with that, um, like having that taken away and just having to show up and, and be, contributing to the sound um changed a lot for me mentally in a good way it kind of helped me relax and like you know not worry as much about about things as long as the overall product that the audience is receiving sounds good it doesn't matter at all if the banjo player had a bad break during the set you know like it's uh it's more about did they enjoy the whole set? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And so it kind of takes a little of the ego away from it too, because it's kind of egocentric to be like, "Oh man, the whole show was just horrible because I messed up twice." And it's like, well, actually, it's not about you. <laughs> so the whole, <laughs> whole show was pretty great, you know. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, and I mean, as a spectator for a lot of bluegrass, I, you know, bluegrass is like my main source of like entertainment like i only go to bluegrass shows pretty much mm-hmm. you can't tell as yeah. like a spectator you <laughs> you cannot tell um it yeah. just sounds amazing like you're just blasting all this amazing music at us and we just don't notice it that much you know so yeah don't, and don't then get like, yeah <laughs> when you're playing to crowds that you know that there's a lot of great players that can be daunting but Honestly, as a player, when I'm watching a show, if someone's like trying something new and then they kind of have like a moment where they quote unquote mess up, like that's more interesting to me than hearing them play the same break I've heard them take before, you know, so it's it's good. It's like there's a lot of breathing room and uh, that's what why it's art you know it's by it's like everyone can interpret it in their own way and enjoy it in their own way and it's not just going to be presented the same way every time so yeah 
Well, I have like the utmost respect for anybody that like gets up and performs. Um, the only song I've actually been able to completely put together from like start to finish is "Lover" by Taylor Swift on the guitar. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> big, big Swifty here, but um, yeah, oh, okay. I mean, it's so hard for me, at least, to like play the chords and sing at the same time. Like, w- like anybody that can do that for me is like, whoa, <laughs> like that is crazy. <laughs> it's kind of like awesome. a that patting your head rubbing your belly thing you know yeah seriously uh, yeah no that's that's a great comparison yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but you know as as an athlete it's if you like approach it like that it's like you know if you're climbing you're you're doing one thing with you know this hand and one thing with that hand and, and maybe something different with your toes or whatever so it's it's kind of like that i mean i wasn't um good at singing and playing at the same time until probably halfway through college uh, I used to just cut out when I would like lean in to sing on the chorus or something I would just quit playing um, and then uh, I guess I realized I needed to get with it <laughs> and continue like a supportive sound coming from the banjo because when I dropped out like you know, the song didn't fall apart, but it just was less full sounding and rich, you know. So I started just figuring out how to do something um, under my vocals. And that's helped a lot for, you know, if I'm playing a solo gig or something, um, to be able to have something happening behind the vocals at all times. It's important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the thing about climbing is you're battling two things at once. It's like um, your balance and your position and also like the fear Um, because you're you're, like facing what your mind thinks is death um, kind of a lot of the time. (laughs) Um, Like, especially when you start getting onto like, like bigger walls and stuff. yeah that's yeah emotionally and physically taxing probably well yeah and it's it's like you're dancing like you have you have to figure out how to dance with the wall while Mm. also like figuring out how to not kill yourself and like there's a lot of like mental battle that goes in with that um and i can like there's not as much risk with music because like you're not going to die if you mess up right like i still think that's terrifying like, yeah, I mean, you. I guess you could die socially a little bit. You think because yeah, you but... get embarrassed or or think that you've just done something so atrocious that you're you're screwed for life, you know. But yeah, yeah, but I don't think anybody really notices that much, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't think it's a. It's not life or death for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much only musicians notice that stuff. I think. Yeah. And even then, I think they're amused by it. I mean, I sure am. So, yeah. I mean, you just got to laugh it off. Be like, oh, sorry. I forgot. Whatever. Yeah, Let's keep I think going. That's, that's a big thing. Like, I kind of approach life this way too, but I just really don't want to be too serious because uh, then you're not really going to enjoy anything. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because, you know, if you 
are expecting for even like an interaction with a person to go a certain way and then it doesn't, then you're going to be so let down. So if you just don't put too much stock into anything, you're not going to be as let down or uh, blindsided, I guess, you know. Yeah, I live the same way. be able to laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yep. Yeah, you know, like, and that's good self-confidence, right? Like, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm just doing my thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's much more peaceful if you do it that way. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. So, so Theo and Brenna, how did that start, and how's it going? Yeah. Um. Well, we we've always we've sang together since we were like one and two and two and three and um like then we started playing together. We when I started playing banjo, so we got to do a few fun festivals around Kentucky during that time um, between probably like ages nine and 12 or so. And then that slowed down significantly because our family adopted um, when I was 11, started adopting. Um, And so our family changed very drastically and we had a different focus um, for basically throughout the rest of our high school years. I mean, I played banjo here and there, like, um, but not very much, um, in high school because I was busy getting to know my siblings and (laughs) different things. But, um, then in college, we, we, Theo and I both went to Berea college and, uh, there's a strong bluegrass ensemble there led by Al White. I believe he's retired now. And, Sam Gleaves, who is a really good musician, um, took over for him, another Berea alumni. But anyways, uh, we we both joined the Bluegrass Band, and uh, Al treated it very um, much so like a professional band. So we, we toured a lot, and uh, we, you know, we would get together and work up songs, and so Theo and I would take the lead singing um for those years quite a lot and it was a good time for us to to work some kinks out because you know we're siblings so we're very hard on each other at times <laughs> and uh <laughs> yep. so you know I would show up and then you know Theo would be like you didn't practice and I'd be like yeah well <laughs> so it, it would be uh interesting um but we we ironed out a lot of uh you know, talking to each other in a condescending tone and things like that. And we were able to do that within the confines of it being someone else's band. Um, But we understood the importance of our roles in that band. And so basically he graduated, moved to Nashville. um, And then I followed a couple of years after. And we, we had like, a loose plan of like being a duo act, um, sort of. Um, and we had like, you know, piddle paddled around and made, played a few weddings and like played some country clubs, some stuff like that as a duo or a trio. But then JT, you know, gave us this opportunity to play station in and we were like, Oh, I guess we need a full band for that. 
Um, so summer of 2018, we um, called up some some friends slash some musicians that we'd been referred by other folks we knew, and um, we just put together a band. It had um, Maddie Denton originally on fiddle and Mary Meyer on mandolin, and then we had this kid named Jack. I don't remember his last name right now, but he was playing bass early on. And uh, so we, like, I think we had to pick him up from his house, um, his mom. Like, he didn't even have a car or something. Anyway, but, uh, you know, I don't know how she let him go play at a bar, but, you know, it worked out. So, yeah, we just kind of, we played that show, and then we were like, wow, we kind of love that. And so we just made a record uh that fall and put it out the next year and then we toured a lot in 2019 um and then of wow. course 2020 was like oh um I so was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> like we were getting a lot of momentum going and then that all happened but we put out like a single about 2020 that year if you uh want to listen to it it's it's interesting. It sounds very political as far as the title goes, but I swear I wrote it before the whole mask thing was a thing. So <laughs> it's called Let Us Breathe Again, but it it's uh Oh my it's gosh. Just, I know. <laughs> um but it it's kind of a nice sonnet about, you know, how everything was during that time, especially early on like pretty much everybody was just clueless and and scared. So um yeah i mean that was uh, a wild time yeah it was it it was really weird um so then that kind of slowed us down a little bit but we we went back on tour uh i think maybe summer of 21 i think we went on a texas tour um we have a lot of family down there um and then we did a few different things and then we put out our second record um, I think fall of 22, yeah, last year. Um, and then we've kind of, you know, both been doing our own thing. I think 2020 contributed to that a lot, just like us being creative on our own. And so we've kind of, uh, slowed down to where we're just going to be doing private gigs with the own Brenna band. Um, and, I'm making a solo record currently and so is my brother um, and just kind of doing stuff that we want to do um, for ourselves. And we're very, very happy with each other. We had no falling out <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. We just, we've both, you know, creatively grown and, and had our own little paths kind of form and so we're kind of pursuing that right now to see what happens. So um, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. Like he's singing harmony and playing piano on my record. And um, maybe I'll be doing some stuff on his, too. Um, but it's more of like I'm the one, you know, leading this and he's going to be the one leading that instead of us both compromising, you know, in the middle on some things. So. Hmm. It'll be cool. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear about, like how bands like kind of get together and like 
don't get together because like my whole music thing is like bands are doing the thing they're touring they're like all together and it's interesting to see like that little bit of like we're doing this we're doing that um thing um yeah 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 so you're very i mean i found you on i think reels you like showed up at some point um (laughs) like little like bluegrass feed or something um and you've gotten some like pretty good success on like tiktok and instagram um how has that like affected your life like how do you feel about it well um (laughs) it's a good (laughs) question because uh as far as how it's affected my life i mean i i had just kind of started those things out of boredom slash depression i think um the time that i launched those i was just kind of like in a low season of life and I was like I guess I'll just do some stuff on here and whatever and then my niece um who's now 11 I think at that time she was like nine or or eight um she had just gotten a TikTok and I was like I cannot let her be on this internet service by herself (laughs) so I kind of got TikTok to keep tabs on her um but uh I mean it was kind of crazy because it things started taking off and you know there's obviously some instant gratification that that can give you and you kind of have to figure out what to do with it because you're also so disconnected from that audience um that it's hard to figure out what it means to you totally yeah (laughs) um and uh especially initially as a female artist doing things it's just like attracting a lot of weirdos and stuff um dude i bet yeah (laughs) so i did i probably spent quite a lot of time this first few months i probably have blocked like a thousand people on instagram Um, whoa and (laughs) i i was strict about it going like when i started because i was like no don't don't comment like a heart and say pretty smile on this post like this is about music and I'm going to try to keep it that way. So basically I was really like, if it was just emojis, I blocked them. <laughs> like, I was like, unless you have something constructive to say about music, I am blocking you. And so I kind of like created my own demographic that way. And it helped weed out a lot of people that maybe wouldn't just be following me because I was a girl or something. Um, and maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want that on my platform, so I just um, tried to control everything for a while, and now I think it's developed into more of a an appreciative audience, and like I enjoy reading the comments instead of going through the comments and just getting irritated at people, so um, <laughs> that's kind of, I wanted to be able to enjoy it myself, you know, and be like oh wow yeah so this song you know reminds you of your uncle that's great I love that you know something more um, with a little more meat than just a bunch of hearts or something so um, not that I have anything against hearts now I don't block people for hearts but (laughs) I might raise an eyebrow (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah I uh I also was like given some cool opportunities through having a bigger platform, I guess you, you have a little more, um, 
say so or I guess a little nomenclature to kick around so I was able to get like I don't know free shampoo um and like free overalls and um free you know hoodies different things that are just fun and you know I can like support another company you know and they can give me something cool so there's been a few endorsement type of things um, that have been kind of fun along the way. And it it's nice because I can message people and they actually pay attention because it's a big account, I guess. So I'm able to like reach out to, to peers more, you know, or like, like in the music industry or in the cannabis industry. And, and they actually might read my message instead of like not, um, so, you know, there's definitely pros and there's definitely cons. And I I think the cons are simply how how you approach social media, because it's it it's easily a trap, you know, for relying on it for gratification or for um, like interaction. And so I've had to kind of like tell myself, OK, like at any point you need to be okay with this completely going away. Like that doesn't need to send you in, in into any kind of panic, you know, like if you didn't have TikTok or if you didn't have Instagram, like you need to just be okay with that. So, um, you know, taking breaks and like different things along the way. But now I think I kind of have a healthier approach to being able to deal with it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you shouldn't even read the comments because, like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, I guess, like, maybe if there's, like, really, really weird ones, maybe you need to, like, block them. But I think it's, like, taking way too much time out of your day to even look at those things. Like, you know how, like, you know how good you are. Um, You know that things are doing well. Don't waste your time, like, in the negative. Yeah, well, sometimes I I like to, you know, respond to people and like if they said something meaningful I like to honor that with a response because that's the type of interactions that that do like warm my heart or something um but then yeah the negative ones sometimes I'll leave them sometimes I'll block them or sometimes I've written back just depending you know if someone's making some like harsh judgment about my tattoos or like about cannabis or something. Um, you know, I might give them a little piece of my mind for a second, but then it usually doesn't end up being very productive conversations. So I pretty much end up blocking them. Um, and they, they don't, they don't really want to be on the page anyway. If they're already trolling about my tattoos, then I don't think that they're on there for the music. So <laughs> I I've not even noticed your tattoos. I'm just there for the music. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're not the most like visible thing, but I do have quite a lot of them. If if people start paying attention, but like I I kind of am uh, subtle about placement, so that it's not like the first thing you see when you see me. But um, they all mean a lot to me, so. Well, if of course, someone I mean. does comment about them, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to talk about this. Let's let's go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get off of that. 
topic for a moment. Uh, so your day job is in the cannabis industry. If you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I graduated with my chemistry degree, um, concentration in biochemistry. And uh, I originally got that degree because I wanted to be a dentist. Um, so I figured biology or chemistry was going to be the best thing for undergrad but then I got really tired of school (laughs) and uh, then moving down here I was like well I want to do you know be able to focus on music for a while and I don't want to go you know kill myself with studying for four more years right now Um, and so I got a chemistry job at a uh, kind of like a pharmaceutical place here in town for the, my first year. And that was, it was good, but I, uh, there were like 300 chemists there and it was just a little monotonous for me because I'm someone who's very easily bored. And so same. running the same stuff every day was not my cup of tea, but it was a great job and I learned a lot. Um, and then this opportunity kind of through a family friend, popped up for um basically at that time it was just cbd um mass production of cbd um products which i had really no um i guess education on cannabis related extractions or products or anything um because that wasn't (laughs) something you're going to learn at a college in kentucky (laughs) (laughs) in 2012 or whatever but um Anyway, I was like, sure, and um, I started working there in the lab and really fascinated by the plants. Hemp and marijuana both are really fascinating plants as far as um, how many different medicinal compounds are in them and just like there's so much stuff you can nerd out about, like the quote-unquote essential oils of the plants are terpenes and um, they are responsible for the taste and smell and there's a specific extraction you have to do for those because they're more volatile and it's just like really cool taking apart a plant and then putting it back together in the final product so that you have a product where you're consuming the whole plant still Um, that was probably the first thing that I was just blown away by and like I was like okay I love this because I love holistic medicine in general um alternative holistic stuff and I think it's you know if it if you can get by with that why do something more intense that has all these other side effects you know let's go natural first and then if that doesn't work you know (laughs) something else so obviously as a chemist better living through chemistry I'm totally pro you know, medicine and science, but I, I love the holistic approach first. Um, yeah, totally. it's just like a more smooth approach, I guess, but it's, it's been very fascinating. I've learned a whole lot. My, uh, boss is really, um, focused in the company with, um, creating clean whole products and like doing, the diligence and the research and the work behind it to be able to do that. So he's, you know, sent me to 
California for class and, you know, Colorado. Um, we've done video classes from Colorado and Canada and stuff, you know, to learn from people who have been in this realm much longer because it, it's kind of a strange field um, because there's not a whole lot of research that's been, you know, been able to be conducted because it's kind of been an illegal product for a long time. Um, so it's kind of like these guys that have been out there on, in the West coast for like 40 years, they're the ones that are basically chemists, like, <laughs> you know, at this point and they, they have all the knowledge without the, the degree. So it's cool to go learn from them. And um, now Tennessee has opened up, you know, some laws and regulations to allow for a few psychoactive compounds. So that's been extremely fun to be a part of. And like, obviously being in the music industry and being in cannabis, it it's very intertwined and um, it's, it's a lot of fun to have my feet in these two worlds because they just, they're like the Olympian circles. They're all connected. And, um, you know, everything helps fuel the other thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I am a, a psychedelic enthusiast for sure. Oh, um, nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the research being done with ketamine and, uh, psilocybin is like, whoa, you know, yeah. like, people are getting off of, you know, these like pharmaceutical drugs that like just, kind of like perpetuate the cycle and like if you can just do like maybe one or two like deep psychedelic like psychedelic trips that are um like guided and in a clinical setting and with the right Mm -hmm. doses you can just cure that um yeah and that's what it's that's what it's looking like i mean i follow it a lot you know yeah i i (laughs) would totally encourage anyone to do something um, that might be, you know, kind of an in, intense medicinal trip. Um, but I think that would be more profound in their life than being on antidepressants for five years or something, you know, like, I think there's a lot more that can be done as far as ground covered in one trip than like being on a dose of something that keeps you held in the middle of, of all of your feelings and you never are like you're never feeling the highs, you're never feeling the lows. It might be a healthy thing for some people, and I totally support people doing that, but but I think they might get more out of life if they, you know, did something that was like a big intense blow basically and then they're able to kind of see the light on the other side and actually deal with problems from a different perspective, you know. Yeah. But it all sounds crazy to people who haven't done any psychedelics well so. i mean it, it it sounds scary to people yeah, and i mean it is scary, scary. <laughs> it is scary yeah but it's also scary to not feel things so. yeah it's also scary to go through your life without realizing your problems and like yeah. when you take like a a proper dose of you know psilocybin or ketamine or lsd or whatever it is like it forces you to look at all of your problems and like micro analyze it and mm-hmm. 
and then you come out like, oh, okay, like this is what's wrong. Yeah, you can like save years of therapy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Maybe like, you know, but I, I'm big uh, or supporter of therapy too. I've, I, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Definitely think there's so much work that can be done there. But yeah, I'm all about people finding basically what's what's best for them to be able to face this life that we have that's sometimes so excruciating, you know. So like but there's there's a lot more options than what is just the common little path that's available, you know. So Yeah. I, I definitely mean, I... for for THC use, I mean, I've done all kinds of different dosages and strains and things and I've I've found that I I thrive best on a specific type of extracted material and a specific strain, a specific dose, and that's where I thrive. And I just don't need to do anything outside of that because I might panic or I might just be an idiot. Um, yeah, so, totally. You know, I like to I like to be functional. I like to be creative. I like for it to be aiding me and enhancing what I'm already feeling instead of. Um, changing who I am in any way or like making me a total dingbat in public, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, you know, it probably goes hand in hand with like being able to like really get into the groove of like the music and like, Oh yeah. You feel yourself, you feel good. You can like tune in and then it like projects really good and onto like, you know, everything you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think it it's helped actually kind of me be more laid back for gigs um because like you know, you can think a little more clearly. Well, I can think more clearly um sometimes with if, if I'm high and like in a sense that oh yeah, like let me get out on this limb and try something new because it doesn't matter if it goes away that I didn't want it to, I'm learning while I'm doing this. And like, instead of like, it, it kind of cuts through the fear of things um, a little bit. Cause it just gives you a little net to fall back on of like a healthy amount of apathy, but not too much apathy. You don't want too much apathy, but <laughs> um, just like a healthy amount to where you're willing to try something new or you're willing to put yourself out there and, try a song that you've never done live before, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And you're like, so good at it. Like every, every like single thing I've seen you do is like, wow, she's very good at banjo. Like, Aww, I, cannot... <laughs> like I don't know. It's just like, so out of my sphere of like things that I would able, ever be able to do. And like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> oh man well it's i as some of my friends around here say i know what i am and i know what i'm not and i acknowledge how far i've come and then i'm i know there's a long 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 way to go um and it's it's nice to to be able to constantly remind myself of those two things <laughs> you know <laughs> it's important but yeah. I, i'm glad that you know, people enjoy my playing and singing and like, that's, I wouldn't be doing it if, if people, you know, 
I wouldn't be doing it publicly, I guess, if if people didn't, you know, have some come up to me and be like, this meant this to me, you know, stuff like that. Moments like that is what really helps um, me feel like sharing the creativity and stuff. Um, but I definitely, as far as my songwriting goes, it's definitely a kind of a journaling thing for me to write songs. Um, so that's kind of what this solo project is going to be. Um, it's not going to be a bunch of Jimmy Martin covers. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I love Jimmy <laughs> Martin, but um, it's going to be a lot of like, uh, you know, deep personal songs that I'm deciding to share. And I hope they'll mean something to other people, too. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. The, the writing process is you're going through your journals. So you write, you write, and then do you like do you like write the song like right when you get it or do you like go back through the journal pages and you're like okay this is this song that i'm gonna write now or i like this one better or do you have a process like with that um well so i don't do an actual journal but like when i'm going through something in life i kind of will get hit with a song cool uh, in my brain and then i write it out and that writing process helps me kind of process what's going on um and helps me be able to see okay this is not such a big deal or it is a big deal right now but it won't be a big deal later whatever um so i actually have a lot of songs that come from when i'm asleep like when i'm dreaming so sometimes i'll dream melodies sometimes i'll dream words um sometimes i'll dream both and i i'm a very light sleeper so i'll force myself to wake up and sing something into my voice memo and then i'll roll back over and fall asleep and then like the next day i'll listen to that and if it was decent at all i'll uh like finish it um or sometimes i'll get hit while i'm like driving down the road you know, voice memos on iPhones are the best thing that ever happened to me <laughs> <laughs> because I have so many like little ditties in there that um, I wouldn't be able to capture like if I didn't have an iPhone or, or well, I don't know. Other phones probably do stuff like that, too, but a phone in general um, to be able to capture that moment. I guess I would have had to carry around like a tape recorder or something if I had been around years ago doing this Dude, but that, that's like an amazing process for sure that's so cool oh, thanks. yeah <laughs> um, so, sometimes i write on guitar sometimes on banjo it just depends so um where do you see yourself like with your music career going forward hmm. well um i don't really have any expectations i think that i'm hopeful that people will really want to hear these songs that i'm going to be putting out um on my record um which hopefully will come out next year at some timely time um by summer would be nice but um i think i would hope to just be in a position where people wanted to hear what I have to sing and play and uh, 
whatever that looks like. I mean, I would prefer not to play in a noisy bar as black background music forever. Um, <laughs> but I do enjoy that. Um, because it's fun, but I think ideally I would just, uh, start having a demand for like listening room type of venues and where people, you know, can hear all the words and have it mean something to them like it has to me. Um, and, you know, maybe I could open for people for a while that were in similar veins of the style of music, whether that was bluegrass or Americana or folk or whatever. Um, and, you know, just share share music with different audiences and hopefully, you know, do some shows and touring and I really don't have, I mean, it would be awesome to uh, play Red Rocks someday and the Opry and beyond that, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, I can probably connect you with, with some people that are, on tour and whatnot if you want but um yeah i mean i think yeah. you're like definitely good enough to be playing those venues um 100 oh, percent. goodness thank yeah, you yeah. <laughs> i mean i just yeah, i just like, want to yeah. play play music for people um and i really do enjoy being a sideman too so like pretty much i just want to play gigs and but i for this recording project specifically i do hope that people will want to hear those songs a lot so you know maybe that would be some solo gigs and stuff yeah did you think about getting on like um festival tours yeah um the umbrella band we we played a few festivals uh here and there and that's a really fun circuit and it's always like fun to be at a festival because you get to see a bunch of your friends playing or you meet new bands backstage and stuff. And I just love the music community. So I love that. Um, and it's also a great opportunity because there's tons of people already there at the festival. So you don't have to draw (laughs) a crowd, you know, um, it's built in and that's very convenient, especially if you're starting out, uh, and trying to like sell some merch and things like that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would love to play festivals, um, you know, and if, if they wanted some, I might have to do a little more grassy stuff. I don't know if they'd want vulnerable songwriting, but you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of different festivals out there. So yeah, I should, uh, I should connect you with Rhett because, um, they're on like a big tour right now and they just played like under the big sky and uh, oh yeah stuff like that so yeah i should connect you with him and see if that'd be awesome that's that's something you want to do yeah um cool we're at 58 minutes do you want to keep talking i have a little bit of time but um yeah um we might should wrap it up uh because it is dark ish outside and i'd love to sort of get out there before it's like pitch black i guess (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well but, yeah um, that was uh an awesome and really fun uh conversation yeah yeah thanks for having me on and and i always enjoy uh being asked questions because it helps me think about 
what am I doing, <laughs> you know, and, and different things are, are like, yeah, this is cool, you know, and it's really a, it's a sweet, special thing to, um, you know, have interest in in your your life and what's going on and, and fun to share it, so. Totally. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. Did you want to plug, like, your social media or, like, your tours or anything before we stop talking? Oh yeah, sure. Um, my Instagram is Brenna Macmillan official, and I only have one Instagram, <laughs> and it has the check mark, so that helps. Um, there's there's just a lot of fake accounts on all the social media, so yes, I have experienced um, that. <laughs> yeah. So um, then TikTok is the banjo gal. Um, and there's also a lot of fake ones on there, but I have like around 33 or 34 thousand followers on there. And so that can help. That's the only way to tell sometimes because these people are really good. Um, and then, uh, Facebook, it's just Brenna Macmillan. It's an artist page. And, um, I think there's like 16,000 on there or something. And, um, so that could help, but there's literally a page on there currently, I think that has like 19,000 and it's not me. It's like a fake page. Um, and it has more than mine does. So that's frustrating, but don't go follow that one. Follow mine that's <laughs> around the 16,000 mark, you know? Um, but yeah, if you can follow along, I think Instagram is like where I do the most, um, stuff on a daily basis and that's where I'll be you know launching more information about my upcoming record and stuff like that and it's probably the easiest way to figure out where I'm playing and um that sort of thing I'm going to be launching a website hopefully in January that can help with all of that too but um yeah Instagram I would say is the most the easiest way to make sure it's me and um, to follow along with my daily activities, which can be interesting and can be boring. So, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, <laughs> it's all interesting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just driving in traffic. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do something. <laughs> yep, exactly. I keep myself from getting bored at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brenna, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Such a good episode. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Love you. Okay, bye. All right, bye.